KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio In Depth. I'm Matt Leon. We've done several podcasts focusing on the world of agriculture and farming during the course of COVID 19 and all the challenges that farmers have faced. Now that it would seem that we are truly on the road to emerging from the pandemic, we wanted to check in on the local scene, find out what's been learned over the last 15 months or so, and what kind of trends could stick around even after we are completely out of the pandemic. Our guest for this conversation is Dr. Jacqueline Ricotta. She is a professor of horticulture and chair of the Department of Plant Science and Landscape Architecture at Delaware Valley University in Doylestown. Give a listen. So we've had a lot of conversations with people in the ag and the farming community over the last year, kind of as the pandemic was peaking and people were adjusting on the fly. As now it would appear, we are on the off-ramp, all things uh, staying the same and staying on the same track. How has the local ag farming community kind of come out of COVID-19? I believe that the local farming community has come out of the pandemic fairly well. There has been a huge demand for locally grown produce, and I believe that demand is continuing because people are finding that it is a reliable source of food at a fair price, and that it's fresh and tasty and healthy for everyone. So I think the uh, there's a silver lining to everything that had to be done at the beginning of the pandemic for farms to begin selling their products. What were the biggest challenges of the last year? Because I know we we spoke to people, supply chain issues, uh, labor issues because of, you know, the virus and people being taken out of rotation, stuff like that. What were some of the things you were hearing, you know, boots on the ground, the big problems over the last year? So there's always an issue with labor in local agriculture. So that's a consistent thing. But One of the biggest things was farms had to, and I'll use that term pivot, that everybody seems to use during the pandemic, but it really was true. They had to change and everybody had to start up with an ordering system for many of the farms that sold at farmer's markets. So that rather than a customer going to a farmer's market and browsing and picking out their head of lettuce, now the customer had to log in and choose, you know, I'll have three heads of lettuce and I'll have one bunch of beets and I'll have two bunches of radishes. And then many of the farms would package that up. And when you went to the farmer's market, you got a, a, a bag of produce as opposed to choosing what you want. So that was probably the biggest change. And I think many of the farms found that it, you know, it worked fairly well and it kept their con- customers consistently coming back. There also, I think many farms realized they needed to be producing more. Um, the demand is was high during the, the pandemic, especially think back to that March 2020 timeframe when store shelves were empty and all we heard about was supply chain. Local producers all had product. One farmer up in Upper Bucks County said his store was busier than it had ever been because nobody wanted to go to the uh, grocery store. They wanted to go to a small local market that had produce, local products, and they began stocking some of the daily essentials that people wanted. So for them, it was really an advantage. Uh, And I think that's continued because everyone realizes that you can count on these local producers to come through, whereas you can't 
you know, you never know from day to day what's going to happen with the pandemic in the grocery store. Although it seems pretty good at this point. One of the things that really, you know, I've learned a lot doing all these podcasts over the last year, but I don't think there was anything I've learned more about than farming and agriculture, because I was guilty of being one of those people that it's always on the shelf and I'll get it. And I don't think too hard into how it got from A to B. But now I'm fascinated with the whole process. And one of the things that was really eye-opening was we talked to a handful of farmers, I don't know, maybe this time last year, and the problem that they were experiencing that I never would have guessed with 100 guesses was with packaging because everything had gone from, you know, half individual, half restaurants and stuff like that. All of a sudden, everything was in the individual, and they didn't have the packaging available to quote, to quote you, pivot, and it was really causing problems. And you never think that stuff's packaged differently for restaurants because it's bulk than it is for, uh, for markets and stuff like that. Uh, was there any problem, once you adjust to that, coming out of that and getting back to where you were before? Had you heard anything about that? And is packaging any kind of an issue here as we're trying to come out of the pandemic? I don't believe it is because I think that farms are realizing that there are multiple revenue streams these days that they, you know, there's an increasing demand at restaurants, again, because people realize how fresh and healthy local produce is. Um, And so I think if they've made the change from selling to restaurants and small purveyors to selling to individuals, I think many of the farms are going to continue to do that. And I think there's lots and lots of creative packaging out there. And I think as we open up, farmers markets are going to continue to be an increase in their popularity because it's somewhere that you can go. It's outdoors. It's enjoyable. It's on a nice day. It's really fun. Most farmers markets tend to have music and you know, it's just a very good vibe. And so I think that once again, local farms are going to continue with the multiple revenue streams and try to increase their production as much as possible because the demand is there. Yeah. To that point, do you think for the most part, people are prepared because I don't see that market, that individual market going anywhere, but I think this summer is going to be bonkers for people going out and throwing money at restaurants and stuff like that. So is there any concern that that will they be able to keep up with that demand? Because I think it's going to be heavy. I agree with you. I think everybody's going to be wanting to go out. And there's we locally, we can always use more farms and more local food. That's one of the things that's really interesting is that The majority of the products that we pick up in a grocery store uh, have come to us on average from thousands of miles, you know, California, Florida. There's a limited number of local farms. Certainly the USDA uh, and Delaware Valley University has tried to promote, you know, farming as a viable career. Um, And there are grants available and become educated and get a college degree in it. But there's always room for more local farms, whether it's produce, whether it's dairy, or whether it's meats. The demand for local grass-fed meat is like through the roof because people are once again, you know, realizing how healthy it is, um, how important it is to support the local economy, and just it tastes better. One of the things, you know, we and this is not necessarily pandemic-related, but there's been a gas shortage because of the hacking of 
at the energy company. If there was a real, true emergency in, you know, our availability of fuel, these grocery store produce departments would be empty. Or not quite empty, but they wouldn't have a lot of the products that necessarily they'd have because so much of what we buy in grocery stores is based on transportation. So that's something that I think, you know, as an area that we need to be aware of is that our, our food chain is pretty precarious in many respects. But we can rely on local producers to be there year in, year out, doing as much as they can to add to our food system. To your point about the food chain, that was another thing we heard last year around this time was, you know, some farmers, they were producing what they were producing, but because the demand was kind of all out of whack, you had some people that had to get rid of milk because they there was just nowhere to, to send it in the moment. And it's not something you can, you know, you can only keep for so long and stuff like that. And we heard, you know, similar things about uh, some cattle that, that would you know, there was a lack of demand. I guess my, my question is the supply chain seems to have been kind of is in a good place now overall, but have we learned things that maybe streamlined it? Have, have farmers learned some tricks or not only mean tricks, but, but some ways to, to make sure that the supply chain is, is safer and more consistent than maybe it was prior to the pandemic? So the issues that you mentioned with dairy, for example, and with beef definitely had to do with the, the, the overall supply chain. And dairy it has its own set of big issues around it. That's not my area of expertise necessarily, but I think that that's a really in, would be a very interesting discussion for the future. And then my understanding of beef is that, you know, we, because of the pandemic, there were not the workers available at the meat processing plants. And remember that most of our meat comes to us from just four large companies, not very much. And so, again, that's a bigger issue. And that was labor related, um, which is, is part of the supply chain. When we look at local producers, we don't, we don't necessarily have those issues. Local producers, you know, by and large, have local employees. And so, so these issues tend to be smaller. One of the things, though, that I think is important is that our, our local farmers really did, you know, they're trying to produce as much as possible, but in as sustainable a method as possible, you know, environmentally, economically, and socially sustainable. We can't always rely on that with some of the larger producers in my opinion. Could we be seeing, I don't, want to, I don't know if renaissance is the word, but with all this demand, with all this focus on, on local, on all this focus on kind of knowing where it comes from, do you think we could see an increase in people turning to farming as a, as a, as a job, as a lifestyle, um, you know, it locally? I hope so. I know that there's a big effort in Philadelphia for people to have farms in the city so that you have really hyper-local food. Um, I know that there are at least a couple of new farms out in the county, like Bucks County. So I, I can only imagine that, that, that there will be somewhat of um, an increase in the number of local producers. However, it's a really, it's a really challenging 
career choice. And it's something that you definitely have to love in order to do because it's not always easy. And, and you're dealing with nature. Climate change has played a role in changes in farming. And I think it's something that it takes it takes a few years before you actually get your systems down, you become proficient, you find your own uh, markets and methods. So I hope that there is a renaissance in farming, that we have increases in the number of, of people, not just young people, but people of many ages who want to farm, because it's a really viable career choice. And I think the demand is only going to increase, especially for organic food. There was a lot of concern about smaller producers, smaller farms, because of all the once-in-a-lifetime types of issues and supply ch- that they'd be able to make it through. I don't, you know, I'm not looking for, you know, 75 out of 77 made it. But anecdotally, people you talk to uh, from from studying the region, were most farmers able to, to, to find a way to patch their way through to the other side? Absolutely. I don't, and it, no, I'm most... Um, familiar with Bucks County Farms, and I uh, not only from my work at Delaware Valley University, but also through volunteering with the Bucks County Food Shed Alliance, and also over in New Jersey, NOFA, New Jersey, Northeast Organic Farm Association. I have not heard of any farms going under because of the pandemic. If anything, you know, farms are realizing that they need to produce more. The farmers' markets have been open they've been busy and i think that i think that farmers are are happy with you know what the results uh, have been and many of them are trying new methods to produce over over the winter that's a really interesting thing too my particular farmers market was every 2 weeks in the winter and so farmers were using what we call season extension technology so that they had lettuces and cool season crops like kale and Swiss chard and then things that they could store like potatoes and sweet potatoes. So they were able to actually sell over the winter. And I think that's a trend that we're going to be seeing in the future as well, especially as our winters get warmer and less harsh. And I'm curious, is that something that was, because one thing we've heard across all discussions with this pandemic is that it accelerated trends that were already in place. Was that something that people were looking into, but it was kind of a, oh, this would be nice and maybe we'll try a little, but let's not. And then all of a sudden it goes zero to a hundred, like, hey, we need this now. Right. I do. I think that's exactly it. Um, Farmers have been using season extension technology. We call them like high tunnels and low tunnels and row covers and plastics um, since the 80s. But some of the farms that I'm familiar with are just really pushing the limits now of what they can produce when during, you know, cooler times of the year. And so, yes, we've seen an acceleration of that. And again, new technologies, there's something called a paper pot transplanter that allows farmers to transplant crops that formerly were direct seeded. They're beginning to adopt, you know, technologies like that on a larger scale. um, When we talk about larger farms, Technology, I believe, is really where the future is. So, for example, using drones to scout your field, using robotic weeders to take out weeds, you know, that's the type of thing I'm hearing and reading about. And at a really large scale, I'm beginning to read about blockchain technology for tracking our food supply so that, you know, when when you buy a head of lettuce somewhere, 
you could actually, using things like blockchain, go back to, you know, where that head of lettuce was grown in the particular field on a farm in California and who harvested it and what type of seed was used, the day the seed was planted, how that head of lettuce was washed and packaged and transported to you in Philadelphia. Um, all of these things were on the edge of this technology uh, that, that larger farms are going to, you know, I would guess adopt first and then it'll trickle down to some of the smaller farms eventually. Is there anything else that we've learned over the last year that the farming community has learned or experimented with that we could look back 10, 15 years from now and just kind of talk about, uh, you know, that this was the moment when, you know, we went in this direction and it might have been because of the pandemic, but boy, did it really work out for us. I think the online ordering systems is pretty big because it, it enables farmers to, you know, if you've got an order coming up and you you have an idea of, you know, how many bunches of beets have been ordered, farmers are going to use this information to be able to plan better for the future. I believe farmers who adopted the online, you know, ordering systems, I think are going to be a little bit ahead of the game. But I think in general, the biggest thing is that, again, the general public realizes just how important local food is and to the overall food chain, how farmers have been there for us through everything, providing the food we want on a consistent basis, high quality, healthy food that is available to us in places that are outside of the normal, say, supermarkets or chains that are not locally owned. You know, um, we can keep our food dollars local. And I think that's the trend that I hope will grow and that we've seen throughout the pandemic. And I'm just curious, with the agriculture programs at DelVal, was one of the things I found interesting in all this is talking to public health folks, is they're seeing a surge in people that want to be part of that, be that help in, in that space. Has this last year and people leaning on farming and agriculture kind of taken more of a center stage? Have you guys seen any kind of increase or, or interest in, in programs that, that would deal with farming? So in, we've had good enrollment um, both in this last academic year and when we look at enrollment for the upcoming year in our agricultural programs, which I think is a really healthy indicator of the interest in these types of things, because in general, there's less, um, there's less people or young people graduating from high school. So the pool of potential students is, is decreasing. You know, our population, especially here in the Northeast, isn't, isn't going up, especially like it is in some of the more Southern areas, is my understanding. So our program enrollment is healthy. We also have, you know, have, I would say, an increase in people returning to school who are not the traditional 18 to 22 year old students, people who say, you know what, this is important to me. I want to learn some information and skills so I can jumpstart a farm. And so we're seeing a lot more of, you know, like adults, I'll just say, returning to school. We have an organic farming certificate program that's really popular. We um, have seen a number of veterans come through that program over the years. And we're hopeful that, you know, as we come out of the pandemic, 
that more people will enroll in that. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio In Depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.